0: Welcome to Shatter the Glass. I'm your host, Zane Tomich. And I'm with my great friend here today, Brennan Huber, aka Comic Book Movie Guy, aka Brem. How you doing, Brem? I'm doing really good. I'm super excited to be back on Shatter the Glass. Yeah, Brem, it's great to have you on board again. This is the first podcast in a little while. Actually, the first podcast in the new year, 2022. So, who better to have on my show than my best friend? Very exciting very exciting times 2022 will be a
1: really good year for film and for comic book stuff. So I'm really excited to be
0: on and talk to you about that stuff. Well, Brem, thanks for having me over at your really nice house today. I see that you put together a brand new cabinet set, actually a coffee bar as you called it, right, Brem? That's correct. Yep. Ikea coffee
1: bar. Very excited to have it. It's, uh, it's been really, really good for us.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I love my coffee. That's for sure. And, uh, (laughs) It's minus 30 today, about minus 39 with the wind chill here in Edmonton, and uh, it's terrible. The the roads suck, and it was kind of a a gong show to get here today, Brim. i got to be honest with you. It was it. Roads were icy, and a lot of snow-covered roads, I assume. I I wish I could say that that was the main problem, but it wasn't. Oh, really?
1: (laughs) All right. Well, spread the news. I had about
0: (laughs) two instances of just encountering bad drivers on the way here. Oh, yes. And... The first one was getting our coffees in Nisku at Tim Hortons. Okay. And then getting into the turnoff to go onto the highway and merge onto the highway. And I encountered a person going 50 kilometers an hour. Oh my God. To merge onto a 110 kilometer an hour highway. That is so dangerous. I
1: often say that going slower like that is more dangerous than speeding.
0: Oh, 100%. It, it boggled my mind. And then like when I passed him finally... I also encountered someone. Who, he had some kind of a panicking moment where he he kind of like swerved off the road. Oh, jeez! But he had like bags of cans in his back because he had a he had a truck, and uh, you know he just he just kind of like swerved off the road, and it just kind of like whoa, and, and 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 somebody else was behind him going about seventy kilometers an hour. So I had to like kind of stop abruptly and be like, what what's going on here? And, and, and it was, it was a really intense situation. So that, that was two things back to back that I just, I, I literally almost had to like dive out of the way for with my truck. Wow. Wow. Which literally dodged like a destruction movie. (laughs) <laughs> oh. On the way here, you look like a disaster movie. It's it's so unpredictable on those roads. And and there's no equilibrium either. You know, y- y- you, <laughs> as yeah. a driver who kind of knows what he's doing, mm-hmm. you're never satisfied. Someone's either going too slow or someone's going too fast riding your bumper. Exactly. And there's, and there's no in between. It's funny that we're sitting here today, Brim. You're 26. I'm 26. We've known each other since the high mm-hmm. You know, we grew up together. And... I find that the more older I get, the wiser I become and the, the the difference in perspective that we get as each year passes. Ooh. You know, we're sitting here talking about bad driving and yeah, we were kids once who didn't know how to drive yet. And we're seeing our, our parents react <laughs> in a similar fashion when they see bad drivers on the road. And now we're those people. We are. Yeah, we've entered adulthood. We've really <laughs>
1: things have changed, wouldn't they you have, say? Uh, they've absolutely changed. You have these little moments in your day where you just you think you think back to when you were a kid and life is really simple, isn't it? Like it is easy. You have it good if you're living in a decent home with a good family and all that stuff, if you're blessed with all that, life is easy. And then you start like getting these
0: pieces of adulthood come into your life and you're like wow, this is hard. You hit the nail on the hammer there, Bren, when you said aware. Like self-awareness really takes off for you. Yes. It, it's good and bad in a way because you reflect on your life at that point. And you can easily uh, recognize the faults you've made. Mm-hmm. And then at times you could be really hard on yourself. But it's also good in a way because you, know, you, you improve more um, in so many areas of your life. And you, you have a chance to be more relatable. Mm -hmm. you know that and that just comes with age you can't really do that as a kid you can't be yoda at 12 no you can't be that wise but it's just interesting to see both of our progress you know we're playing mini sticks in your parents bed uh not bed (laughs) We're, we're playing mini sticks in in your parents house yeah you know and and we're we're playing hockey together in minor hockey days and that was our world that was our life that was what mattered most yeah and now we have our jobs you're a uh, a pipe inspector. I am mm-hmm. a communications uh, coordinator and marketer. No, yeah. like it's we have found our niches mm-hmm. where where we're supposed to be in our life. You have a house. It's just mind boggling to me how fast time goes, mm-hmm. and then you recognize what matters more in life. Mm-hmm. You, yeah, I couldn't agree more with you. Like, it's it's a wild
1: thing to look back on childhood. And like as an adult and sort of look back at what built your character like the person you are today these sort of big moments that happen you talk about maybe negative moments in your life or positive moments in your life that have just sort of like shaped you into who you are today like who I'm sitting across from right and I'm the same way like there are definitely things that you look back on and you regret or things that you maybe haven't moved on past but the fact is that that happened and that sucked and it's allowed to suck you know Mm -hmm. and we move past those things and now i have this character and you have this character and we're still here and the fundamentals of who we were as kids are sitting right here in the middle between us is how i feel like literally nothing has changed but
0: everything has changed i also feel like you need to have the best of both worlds from your time as a kid to your maturity as an adult. I think the world needs to recognize that balance more, especially with the way we are right now, you know, being so divided on so many subjects and being so controversial with everything. It it would be nice if we could get back to that perspective we had as kids, where, you know, I looked at you in the eyes and I just saw a a good guy that was fun to be around and we liked to just be kids. Mm -hmm. I I didn't care what your political affiliations were. I didn't care what your opinions were on the color of the wall in your house. I didn't care about those things. I just liked the genuine personality of Brendan Huber. Mm -hmm. You you know, if we can just simplify things more and and, and just look at the the flesh and blood that we both have in common, I think things would be a lot better, wouldn't you say? I could,
1: yeah. Like... I always agree with what you have to say in that regard. So I'm biased towards what you're saying because I agree with you from the start. But what you're saying has, like, it strikes such a true chord to me because, like, kids see the world through this filter that nobody else sees as adults, right? It's almost like the filter's removed from our eyes once we get into those later stages in life. But you and I, we're only 26. You know, like, we talk about it, like, we're 26, like, we're adults. We're also only 26. And I truly believe that, like, if we could all, even the people who are older in the world, like, look through that children's filter, in a way, is essentially what you're saying. Exactly. I, I love that. I truly love that. And I think that the world does need more of that.
0: I also think we were one of the last generations to experience some of that traditional you know, childhood, you know, playing outside all the time, having those real child experiences, those joyful moments. I'm not saying like nobody's ever had joyful moments. No. But I I do have a little bit of fear for the new generations today in light of what they're growing up in. Yes. And I hope that they can find a way to become resilient through this. Mm -hmm. But it's tough when, when you're having to learn at home all the time and be take away, taken away from the, you know, in-person experience of school, you know, some people even being robbed of their, uh, graduation day, Yeah. you know, it, it, I just, I can't fathom that happening to me right. or you when, when we had it back in 2014, 2013. Yeah. It, it, it was a different world then. And I'm really happy that I had those fulfilling experiences all throughout grade school. And I didn't have to deal with some of the stuff you're seeing today.
1: We're very lucky, aren't we? we? We are. were that last generation who didn't see the sort of technology until we were of age. So we sort of like, we were uh, introduced to this technology that's going to run our lives from age, what would you say, 12 up for us?
0: At least, yeah.
1: Yeah. And we're introduced at that young of an age where we're vulnerable, but we're not quite at that age where you're inspired or swayed by. So we're kind of lucky in that respect. When cell phones came along, you know, there was the... All the stories come out about all these, you know, crazy things that happen in high school now where pictures are being sent to teachers and... All this crazy stuff that's going on now, we were lucky that we just weren't there yet, were we? Like junior high was very normal for us. And like high school was kind of when phones started to happen, mm-hmm. really. Mm-hmm. I, and I'm grateful for that too. Like I was old enough to realize, hey, this is kind of a dangerous thing. <laughs> you Phone. know, like you have that sense.
0: I couldn't agree more. It's, an, it's, it's addictive, it's mm-hmm. really an addictive source. And I, I think humanity's at a point right now where we're starting to see some of the 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 negative of of too much technology you know so many of us are, are getting kind of isolated to the point where we don't know how to communicate in person anymore right and that's such a vital component of being human yes. is to have that in-person interaction like you and i are having right now and we're overlooking that a little bit i i understand the idea of making life as easy as possible. I want life to be easy, don't you? Yes. That, that's what we want, but not in a way that makes us almost unable to, to, to fend for ourselves in a way. When everything can be done at the click of a button, you kind of lose the, the point of, of life mm-hmm. and having those experiences. And I was even a victim of it when I was a kid. I grew up in a great home. I got great parents, a great family, and they provided for me. And in some circumstances, like my dad offered me the the moments you have with your father, where hey, son, come take a look at this, and I'll show you how to how to repair a door, or or you know, just something really practical. And I had moments like that, mm-hmm. but I feel like I wasn't mentally there enough to pick up on those things, like. Mm-hmm. Showing me how to change the oil in my car. I should have paid attention to those things more a little bit.
1: Yeah, you know, I can of,
0: relate to directly to that. But I, I'm not a practical person in that sense. I'm really, I'm really uh, artistic and creative, and I I just wasn't that kind of guy to get my hands dirty all the time. But I should have been. Yeah, and you know, when we grow up in an area that <laughs> is
1: very much it tailors to that type, blue collar, blue collar, exactly. So to be sort of like on this side where we maybe care a little bit more about the microphone sitting between us right now and, you know, having these conversations. That's just a sort of depth that I never had as a as a child. Like, I don't know about you, but like maybe wasn't present in my household. Like, we definitely all loved each other and knew what things meant and knew how things felt. But it was also like, we were a busy family. And I assume the same for you guys. Mm-hmm. Like, busy, busy family, you know? Like, that. just that... That blue-collar uh, family, where the parents go to work every day, we all have schedules, you know, all that stuff. Like it was all very structured, wasn't it?
0: Absolutely, and that just that just goes back to self-awareness, being aware of it now. It wasn't like a mistake or anything. It's just of things that you, it's things that you look back on. You might have done a little differently, but yeah. you can still apply those things today. Be yes. better for tomorrow. Not not reflect on things of yesterday. Yeah, learn the lesson and move on. Mm -hmm. But again, that's just where you know you need to find that balance now. Where I think we we should all learn to be more practical, and still reap the benefits of technology, but not to a point where, you know, we're wiping our asses digitally. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. That that should be framed. (laughs) (laughs) I love that quote. Well, you know, as blunt as it can be, it's just how I feel about the subject and. I think it's really important that we learn to be present yeah because it's easy to tune out now when you have devices in your hands yeah when you have access to endless endless information that I think is just the root of all evil today we have too much access to information agreed
1: yeah and everybody can
0: post their opinion Mm -hmm. in different ways and that's good to an extent but too much of anything is too much and isn't that the lesson yeah too much of anything is too much 100 percent. yeah and yeah brem like you know it kind of falls back to you know things that you want to have traditionally again i haven't went to see a movie in i don't know how long it's been a long time yeah yeah i bet it's been a while. The last couple I've seen weren't with you. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that, I bet that's been a while. Just because I haven't been there doesn't mean I haven't been watching movies. And yeah. one movie that I finally watched, Brem, after all these years, it's it's a movie right up my alley. It's a movie I should have watched like five years ago. And you brought it up to me a few months back, back in 2021 there. You said, yo, you got to watch Taxi Driver. Yes.
1: Yeah. Martin Scorsese's Taxi Driver.
0: What a film. I don't think it's a film that i can watch multiple times like it, in a sense that it's that good like it's, it's that good but i can't watch that movie a million times like right. logan i love that movie yeah. but it's just too intense for me to watch and because you have to put yourself through an emotional roller coaster yeah and i love movies like that but you can only watch it so many times yeah it's a classic right it's, it's a, a classic a, it's a one-off that you're gonna watch once in a while yeah and I want to get your thoughts on it in a minute here. Sure. But just just to put your mind in focus um something to digest that I read actually. Okay. About the ending, the controversial ending. Right. I was hoping we would talk about the ending. And yeah. spoiler yeah. alert everybody, um I don't know how much time you needed to watch it, but it's been <laughs> it's literally <like> 1978. <laughs> yeah. It's been a long time out, so I mean, you're kind of on your own on this one, but uh you know, there's a controversial ending where he's looking back into the mirror of his taxi and and he's just kind of pondering something we're wondering as the audience did he actually commit the mass murder that he did at the very end you know is he a hero is he a villain all these things was it in his head yeah is he a reliable narrator yeah and my mind was blown and someone came up with a really interesting theory that he actually um did those things, Ooh. but it's it's a portrayal of how society looks at him. Right. We, the audience watching the movie, knows what he is. Mentally unstable and, and kind of evil in a sense. Really right. sadistic. Like sinister, sadistic, yeah. But when he does the things that he does in, in the environment that he does it in, he goes to the brothel, he kills those people that... Have this underaged girl, a young Jodie Foster, right. um, in this in this prostitution ring, mm-hmm. really sinister stuff. Yes, and as an audience member, you, you've seen the build up to that of, of uh, Travis right. Robert De Niro, that's his character, um, go in there and take care of these guys, and you think, oh, good on him. That's that's I mean, I, I find like he's standing up for the fourteen
1: year old girl
0: exactly, and. You know, then we're seeing the the chain reaction to all of that. And we see his name in the paper and people hailing him as this vigilante, this hero. Yeah. But somebody brought up the point in a Reddit forum that this is more of like a portrayal of how society views characters that we don't know anything about. Right. Because the person writing that newspaper article about Travis and his... You know quote heroics yeah when these people reading the paper aren't going to actually know who the real travis is that we as the audience of the movie have been exposed to for uh however long the movie was being this mentally unstable ptsd mind you um vietnam war soldier yeah what an interesting take on that and that's so applicable to society today it is you know We have this portrayal, especially with Hollywood and celebrities, we have this portrayal of of these public figures that we think are these almighty beings, but we don't know a thing about them. Right. You know, I'm not saying every one of those people are mentally ill, PTSD, war soldiers. No. No. But there's a lot of things we don't know about icons that we make. That's correct. We as society make, you know, that's our, that's what we think could be a hero. Yeah. So what do you make of all this controversy and that
1: theory? First of all, what a, like, an absolute cinematic achievement from Scorsese. If you, like, understand it and look at it the way that you just described. Great description, by the way. From the start of the movie just to the end, like, giving us a little, like, what happened to Travis. So, like, because he is a sick-minded individual, right? Like, as sick as they come. And they, like, De Niro does such a great job in that movie. And, you know, I just think that our society today, as you were talking about, with how we see things, we see icons, I think that when a tabloid comes out and you read that icon A slept with icon B or, you know, whatever the case is, something negative, we go, oh, it's just a, it's just a tabloid, it's just paparazzi. There's no way that person could be that way, right? Or so-and-so abused so-and-so. No way that could happen. It's definitely, you know, this person was involved and that person was involved. You know what I'm saying? Like, we just can't accept that celebrities could be ordinary people. We see them through a lens at all times and all stages of their life. And they're always putting on that face. Like, a celebrity, if you walk out the door as a celebrity, you're not going to walk out of the house with that not being in your mind, that you're going to be filmed. So you're going to look presentable, you're going to look fit, you're going to look strong, all that stuff, right? It's like the Wizard of Oz behind the curtain effect. Totally. That's a great way to describe that. But, like, I just couldn't agree more with what Scorsese is trying to portray in that movie. And now, every time I watch that movie, with that in my mind, I can enjoy it that much more. Right? Like, you know the purpose that he had writing the script, to filming it, the conversations with De Niro about how they were going to portray Travis, everything about that. I love that about movies that you can just like, well, what thought process went into why are we watching this
0: right now? I love that. I would have really liked to have been on famous sets, you know, Ooh. whether it be Taxi Driver, The Godfather, or... Titanic, you know, Just iconic movie sets. Any any iconic movie you can think of, what was it like on those sets? I I, I hear about you know some nightmarish sets like mm-hmm. um, with the movie The Shining, yeah, and Shelley Duvall and <laughs> Shelley Duvall and uh, Stanley Kubrick and what Stanley Kubrick put Shelley Duvall through. You know, one of the main characters um, adjacent to uh, Jack Nicholson's character. Yes, yeah. Um, I think it's it's kind of disturbing in a way because you know some directors were really ruthless to their to their cast members for sure or vice versa but it would still be interesting to like go on a time machine and like be present in those moments and see what they were like that's one of my truly my biggest fantasies would be doing something like that because you have to understand too, like these people who made those movies at that time they don't know it's gonna be a a classic Right, they don't they don't realize probably in the moment that they're writing a classic or they're they're acting out a, a true masterpiece. Yeah. They started from scratch. They started with that blank piece
1: of paper in front of them. Mm-hmm. It's so, just amazing. We kind of take that for granted. And how much goes into movies, especially a casual movie watcher, a casual movie watcher just it's literally content. That's all they're looking for is content. They want the big explosion or the sappy love scene or, just. amazing amazing ending that doesn't make sense and you got to go back and figure it out or something you know for a detective story people love that people will just die for that at the theater that's what sells but it's the true cinematic masterpieces that live with me forever like from the moment I first watched taxi driver to now us talking about it all of that information has stuck with me and I'll never forget those scenes I'll never forget De Niro doing what he did and I'll tell my kids one day about Taxi Driver and you got like when they're of age you know and you gotta watch that one and I I apologize to my unborn child for how big of a movie buff their dad is gonna be it's gonna be wild to see what uh, what happens in the future with that.
0: No I, I respect that it's 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 all with the the beauty of cinema you know this is going to lead perfectly into your your main level of expertise with comic books and superhero movies. Um, it's like Zack Snyder. You know, every object has meaning. The symbolism, you know, those movies that make complete, total um, masterpieces of storytelling and, and, and representation um, out of a, a piece of paper or a pencil on the, the table. Yeah. You know, or in Snyder's cases. We're using scenes, you know, with, with bullets falling to the ground or falling pearls, you know, in, in a certain way on the ground, how it all kind of like yeah. spreads out across the, the sidewalk. It's just brilliant cinema and visual cinematography. Um, you know, it, it's just, it's just a, a beautiful thing to look at. Yeah. And just to tie that into the
1: very beginning of our conversation today, that's putting on a filter when you watch a movie. Like... Don't look for your commonalities that you want in every movie. Dig a little deeper. Like, think, hey, there's somebody behind that camera. There's a crew of 50 people standing right there, and this person is acting as well as they are. Or just little things that you can look for in movies to make it more fun to watch, you know, maybe a movie that you wouldn't necessarily
0: like. I definitely wasn't thinking about all this when we were watching uh, Super Bad at 15 years old. <laughs> <laughs> Me neither you know and that's the beauty of it
1: too is you can enjoy a movie like that when you're a kid and fully believe in and submerse yourself in that story like high school age watching that movie made you want to go out and just have a house party somewhere didn't it or absolutely like just be a part of that environment like a drinking environment mm-hmm. <laughs> and that was so fun but also as kids you and I probably watched that in 2008 when it came out yep so we would have been what at that age like
0: 13 yeah uh that would be yeah about, about 13 14 about 13 so came out
1: in 20 2007 okay but, but we maybe probably watched it when it was on dvd yeah like we didn't see that one in theaters <laughs> we weren't allowed in do you still have a
0: dvd player i do yeah
1: yeah i yeah. wonder like there's probably none in houses nowadays
0: no it's hard to find them i have one too thankfully but holy yeah. like they're hard to find yeah They're going to be vintage Mm -hmm. one day. (laughs) So keep your DVD players, everyone. Yeah, no kidding.
1: Think about how record players came back. Yeah. Think about the day 20 years down the line when DVD players come back and everything is no longer digital. (laughs) How things just become, like they circle back, you know? Yes, trendy. Oh, this is back in style, you know? Right? DVD players will be there one day and you're going to be the guy laughing if you have what I have, which is the Snyder Cut box set. And I'm going to watch it so
0: many damn times that I'm going to sell it used. <laughs> it's going to be worth like thousands of dollars. That's why you keep those things. I kept my Nintendo 64. I kept my PlayStation 2. Can, can, we,
1: ke- do a, can we do a confessions segment here
0: yeah. quickly? I just ordered
1: so much Batman merch. Nice. Like collectibles merch. The Empire Magazine, I ordered two of them so I can keep one of them in the original packaging. That's how much I truly believe in that movie succeeding. That's awesome. So I'm going to have all these collector's items and stuff. um, And, you know, not spending that much money on that stuff. Like there's collector's items out there that you can go out and buy the bat suit or like a model version of the car. But those are like thousands of dollars already. Mm -hmm. Like, yes, you'll profit on that in the future, but I don't have
0: a thousand dollars to spend on a Batmobile, you know? And that's the thing too. I don't know if, if money's going to talk for me down the road because I'm just too sentimental I, and
1: that's what worries me too so like I'm not really a collector but I'm, I'm attempting this is my first real attempt at collecting so I'm, I'm kind of excited for it mm. will it last I don't know I might love it too much but <laughs> buy two of everything right yeah. Keep one and keep one for like in the original packaging
0: no that's smart yeah I see your eyes lighten up and your mouth frothing we we gotta we gotta we, <laughs> <laughs> we gotta get to Stephen's that top there <laughs> we gotta get it going Foam foaming at the mouth here <laughs> I, I need you to tell me about uh what you showed me just before the podcast
1: yeah do you want to start with like the negative stuff or do you want to like start positive and work
0: in i think we should get the
1: negative out of the way i think so too so basically if you're a dc fan like turn your brain off forever and <laughs> don't tune in until the until the war is over here because them are fighting words what we heard (laughs) (laughs) over the weekend I'll tell you that and it's basically that the DCEU extended universe like what we know to be the DC extended universe the continuation of that is completely going to be wiped like Avengers Endgame Infinity War wiped in the Flash movie isn't that just the most sickening news you've heard and not only that but it has leaked what Warner Brothers has planned for the future after the Flash movie. So Michael Keaton's Batman is the future, but not for long, folks. Not for long. Michael Keaton's sole purpose in the DCEU is to pass the torch to, wait for it, drum roll Batgirl. The new Justice League is being formed. As a crowd. And I like that. The new Justice League is being formed, and I'm sorry if I'm a little bit over-passionate about this, because I hate it that much, <laughs> and I'm not being sexist or anything here, but we're talking Batgirl, Superwoman, Flash, and Supergirl, or Supergirl, sorry, mm-hmm. Supergirl, uh, Flash, and miscellaneous add-in whoever. That's their future. That's what the DCEU has planned. Michael Keaton's sole purpose is to meet Black Canary from, guess what, Birds of Prey. We really cared about that one. He meets Black Canary. They're working together. And Black Canary introduces Michael Keaton's Batman to Batgirl. And that's where she takes up the torch. Henry Cavill has not only openly come out and say that he's open to returning as Superman, but he's like said that he's got the cape hanging up in his closet, ignored by Warner Brothers, no comment. Ben Affleck has now come out with an interview saying that Justice League was his most embarrassing sum of all fears as an actor come to life. That's a direct quote. He said Justice League was one of the worst things that he has ever been a part of. And was his worst fear when taking up the mantle of that character. And that breaks my heart. Like Batman should be an exciting character to play. And that guy's up there just getting made a fool of if you watch Justice League. It's embarrassing,
0: isn't it? It's even more heartbreaking too, in light of what he was going through while playing Batman, you know, yeah, going through alcoholism a alcoholism and yeah having problems with alcohol his divorce crumbling like that's just like a black mark on his career at that point when he is such a good actor it's it's not like reflecting of his performance because he was awesome it's just more of like his his efforts were almost in vain yes totally and that sort of like adds to his performance
1: in dawn of justice in a way because that guy is broken and like when you think about how broken Affleck was at that time, mm-hmm. it makes that performance a little more iconic. Yeah. But he also said... Let's shift to the positive because that's li- literally... only The only negative is the future is shit for the DCEU. But I will say this. Be excited for the Batman trilogy. That's an obvious one, right? But Absolutely. Be excited for this. Ben Affleck said some of his favorite work he's done in the cowl is in the Flash movie. And he also was quoted saying that he finally figured out what it meant to play that character. And he said to himself, oh, so this is how you play Batman. Now, how exciting is that? Because that's an open-ended quote, in a way, to me. That leaves the door open for the future. With, with Batfleck. Yes. But it will not be under Warner Brothers. Throw Warner Brothers out the window if you're a fan of the darker DCU. Be excited for a future that we don't that doesn't exist yet, mind you. But there will be offers in the future for Snyder to continue. Same with Affleck, same with Cavill. You might see some cameos of Camel or of Cavill, Camel, of Camel, <laughs> just, a, just a camel, it's just, it's just, just a, a camel, camel <laughs> of Cavill in the future as Superman in the DCEU. So, this is how I want to like going forward with you and me, not maybe. This might not be politically correct, but DCEU is going to be Warner Brothers DC Universe. But for you and I, we're going to have our you know Snyderverse, and we'll just call it the DCU, which is the DC Universe in general, which would be under the blanket of Batman Earth 2, which we're seeing with uh, Pattinson. He's on Earth 2 somewhere, you know? And that's what I love about the multiverse and the idea with Flash I don't like what they're doing with it Warner Brothers but the idea that there is this multiverse allows me to go to the theater and watch DC movies and be excited does that make sense it does like look at it that way don't look at it as oh Warner Brothers DCEU is my only blanket of DC content because that's going to change like HBO Max is going to take over eventually but it's just when
0: yeah you right? know I see that but what, just, what really gets me, though, about this whole thing is it's not even that they want to have Batgirl into the scene. They want to have Supergirl in the scene. I want to see those characters. Of course. Same. I, same. Of course I want to see them. I, I just love don't...
1: the choices, too, for them. Yeah. They look
0: great. I just don't like that they're totally crapping on the, the people that they have already that yeah. they should bring into the fold as well, just as much into the spotlight as these new characters are going to be. And, and it's it's like it's just forced it's just completely forced out of nowhere you're not building on on any emotional connection whatsoever other than with the cast that you had that we already have the connection to it's just a totally almost slap to the face especially to such good casting with Cavill yeah. and batfleck you're just throwing them off to the side like they never even mattered it's almost like out of spite it's out of spite exactly Exactly, Because they're not doing this
1: because of the kindness of their hearts as a studio. They're doing this because they've been in hot water over the cyborg stuff with Ray Fisher. It's a pure PR thing. thing. Yes. Obvious. Blatantly obvious PR. But that's Hollywood too. And we're just being introduced to Hollywood in a way that... Other people have known for years and people talk about Hollywood as like this corrupt, Bro- brutal place.
0: That's, right? that's a discussion for some other time. But <laughs> I couldn't agree more. Just to put in perspective, there's a lot of things we don't know about Hollywood that's maybe not the best. Yeah, of course. So all we're experiencing as
1: comic book fans is the corrupt side of the studio having the final say. Mm-hmm. Which we've been experiencing since 2016, for crying out loud. That's yeah. a long time, man. That's six years ago. Six
0: years ago. Just goes back to our earlier conversation with awareness. You know, just how quick time's going now. Like We saw BVS in theaters like six years ago. That feels like it was
1: yesterday. It was yeah. crazy. Doesn't it? And that movie's lived on with us, personally. Yeah. Like, we've watched that movie so many times. And it's like, that made 2017... And 2016 was like the best year ever for
0: that stuff that's the beauty of those kind of movies it's not really a movie at that point it's an experience for us yeah you know there's a lot of nostalgia that comes along with that you know getting those feelings we felt the first time when we watched that movie you know it's it's a totally riveting experience every time you watch it with you i I gotta watch it with you that's like how that's how it's supposed to go for me you know what i mean yeah
1: and i i hope i don't come across as obnoxious with this stuff but, man, I'm just so passionate about all of it. Like, so passionate
0: about it. And these characters are so important to me. The hey, DC especially. You're doing me a favor, Bram. I'd rather talk about this than what the Oilers' problems are oh, 15 years later. Yeah, don't even get me started. Like, that's not even a
1: that's not even a conversation I want to have. You and I talked before this. We're like, we're not talking about the Oilers. <laughs> we're just not. We're not going there. And I love that because... That is a source of uh, a rabbit hole that just isn't quite filled yet. It's not fixed. It's the same same song and dance, and I'm just sick of it. I'm done. How are you? Like, do you want to? Do you want to even talk about this?
0: I, I've I've cued the violin a million times. We, we <laughs> yeah. we've we've talked about it when our, not even blue in the face anymore. Our faces have exploded. Yeah, we don't have heads anymore. I'm I'm done. I'm <laughs> over it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah no Bram, you you went and you saw the new spider-man no way home movie yeah we
1: were right past it i love it <laughs> Yeah, spider-man no way home i did i did and you know what my reaction was like, i went i went nuts
0: let's try not to get too deep because like that's a pretty fresh that's, movie that is such a good
1: reminder for me right now because i was about to go as deep as you can go yeah, and i like, you, like i, I g- carried away
0: with that stuff everybody be warned there's there's a might be a a little bit of spoilerism in here but but we're not going to give too much away obviously for the people that haven't seen it yet i I mean the people
1: who listen to my content would have seen it day one or day two or whatever i mean you listen to my content and you haven't seen it but that's because you and i talked about it for
0: but but I, i i i don't know when i'm gonna see it and i need to see the the appearances of of you know yeah. Brace yourself, everybody. Uh, Andrew Garfield and Toby O'Guire are in the movie. Oh, they're in it. Uh, like, <laughs> what a surprise. Yeah. You know? And, uh, Worst kept secret on the planet. I need to see that footage. You know, I, I don't care if I see the movie months from now. I right. just need to see that first, <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's, that's
1: incredible patience and good on you for being able to do that.
0: But uh, what I wanted to get your opinion on today... Mm-hmm. Um, that's a great way to start it because
1: that way I don't go off into... A tangent. That's okay. So Ron. just give me a yeah. Where nope. do you want to start with it?
0: I just wanted to kinda of touch base on like what you think the future holds for the highly anticipated appearances of Garfield and Maguire. Mm. I've seen a lot of talk and banter online about, hey, do you think we're gonna get Amazing Spider Man three now? Do you think we're gonna get that unmade movie Spider Man Four with Tobey Maguire? Yeah. Is that a huge possibility now for comic lovers and superhero lovers? Absolutely it is. Absolutely it is. And we, if we've learned one thing, it's that
1: Marvel will give their fans what they want. They listen to their fans. Kevin Feige is so good at his job. And uh, yeah, you can definitely expect both of those movies in the future. When? I don't know because they have other plans.
0: But you will see those two movies. I would. That's my educated guess. It's kind of like the Snyder thing, you know, it's, it's almost, it doesn't make sense to not do it because you literally have money sitting on the table because you know, you release both of those movies, Spider-Man four, amazing Spider-Man three. That's going to be a huge revenue source. People yeah. want to see that. You see, I watched reactions in the theater on YouTube of Garfield appearing in the movie of Tobey Maguire walking through the portal and being like, Hey it's... everyone, Yeah. people are nuts for that. And... And I'm going to declare it. Like, my favorite Spider-Man was Tobey Maguire's. Yeah. That's what I grew up with. That's what my mom took me to go see in the yeah. theaters, all three movies. God bless her. Like, that was great Hollywood. Not Hollywood. Great childhood memories. Childhood. Yeah, yeah. It's nostalgic. It's great. That is a moneymaker right there. And if you don't make it, you're out of your mind.
1: <laughs> you, yeah. Exactly. If you don't make the sequels that people are desiring, then what are you? what are you doing? And Marvel is a uh, fans first I call them fans first studio so they listen to their fan mail and they listen to what their fans have to say and if the fans want to see a certain thing they'll say okay yeah we're gonna do that but we'll do it our way that's what that's what Warner Brothers isn't doing in a way they're like yeah we'll take that fan idea but we're gonna make it our way and our way involves firing everyone A-list actors included
0: It's interesting to note too I, I saw somebody talk about this on like a comment and on a Facebook post about this very subject we're talking about right now Yeah, and they mentioned how it, it's going to be harder because you know with the Snyderverse and the Justice League movie that was already a made movie it was just slightly unfinished and they had to shoot some more things to get it complete Right. We're talking about two projects with Spider-Man 4 and amazing spider-man 3 these weren't made they right. were just they were completely mapped out and scripted that's all so that's right. it's what's different from having a made movie to an unmade movie I don't think it matters either way because they got the money and they have the plan mapped out right it, it will take some commitment obviously from everybody involved to put it together but it's 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 ready to go essentially yes so to not have it made you're gonna lose lose out on some pretty big money I would I would I would be going as far as to say, as you'd have billion-dollar um, box office hits on both or those s- movies. I, I would agree, cause cause No Way Home's already at one billion, isn't it? Yep, No Way Home broke the record. Yeah, in a pandemic,
1: so crazy, hey? It's well, that just shows you um, what Spider Man is to the world, right? Mm-hmm. And if you if you're a Spider Man fan, or if you're not a Spider Man fan, and like Andrew Garfield, just take some time to like just type in Andrew Garfield. Quotes about Spider-Man No Way Home, or Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man No Way Home, and see what comes up for his interviews, like his talk show interviews and stuff. That guy understands the role. He understands that it's bigger than him.
0: He loves playing him. It's a privilege to put on the suit. Such a versatile actor. Both Andrew and Toby. People really forgot about Toby McGuire, and and criminally so because he was, he is, he's always Phenomenal. been a great actor from. The movie Brothers to Cider House Rules to Sea Biscuit, He yeah. is a great actor and it's too bad we don't see more of it. There was rumors that he was kind of difficult to work with and I think that's a reason why we haven't seen some of him Sure, uh, a lot. But uh, he also has been doing a lot of producing too so I mean you, you can't you don't know what to believe but I just know that he is a great actor and it's a it's a crime to not utilize him more and especially when he's still kind of in his prime.
1: I agree. You heard the story that him and Andrew Went and saw the movie together on opening night. Isn't that right? cool? That's yeah. awesome. What a cool, cool thing. And mm-hmm. they can
0: stay disguised because they're both wearing their masks and a hat. And so. that even keeps the door open to bringing them back in another multiverse movie in the future too. Totally. They want
1: Emma Stone back to play Gwen Stacy. Like how we saw their, saw Gwen Stacy in uh, Into the Spider-Verse. Mm-hmm. I would love that. That'd be really cool. I love that suit. That would be badass. Yeah, it would be. Yeah. On her, too. She's perfect right? Gwen. It's white and black, White right? and black, yeah. yeah. And to add that dynamic to, like, let's say, The Amazing Spider-Man 3, if you, like, added that element where Gwen somehow came from a different universe, mm-hmm. and it's still Emma Stone, so Andrew's still in love with her, <clears throat> I, hey, <laughs> and then you add Tom Hardy's Venom in there, that's a pretty good movie. That's a pretty good basis of characters in a movie in my opinion. I agree 100%. And you've already established characters like the Lizard yep. and Electro like they already exist in Andrew's world and Marvel's done them a service where they don't look like shit anymore. They look really good. <laughs> <laughs> and Willem Dafoe still out there mm-hmm. as Goblin like he survives. He almost gets killed by Tom Holland who's an absolute force in No Way Home. Best Spider-Man performance of all time
0: emotionally in my opinion but didn't didn't mean to live leave leave out tom holland either he's really grown on me the last couple years he is also a versatile actor i loved him in the devil all the time that was a really good underrated movie on netflix with robert pattinson yeah yeah. um really really good actor and i'm actually excited to see him in that uncharted movie too I, I, i played those video games they're really good and uh, It would be a way better movie if you played the games, I think, hey. Yeah, you should Play. try them. I think you'd like them, bro. Yeah, I
1: think I will. It's like, they're map, like, sort of like treasure hunters, aren't they? Yeah. Okay. Lots of action. Lots cool. of killing. <laughs> it's, and uh, I like that tandem, like, Mark Wahlberg and him in that movie. It's
0: it's, good. A, it's actually pretty really good action. I'm not... I've never been, like, a huge Wahlberg fan, just with the types of movies that he plays. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when I watch him in every movie, he's still good. good actor. I had this... This is a bit it's a bit off but it's
1: it's still on topic all right you know how those like the uncharted movie like they have sony games but it's like a studio now that makes movies how awesome would it be if somehow affleck was able to like sign with like arkham like games
0: oh that would be like if
1: arkham decided to do like a movie like arkham games studios presents ben affleck's batman or something you know like i thought of that and i was like i'm sold like that's what i want to see out of affleck like a death stroke or like the the studio that made arkham origins you know how it was a different studio what if they had like a movie studio or something you know be like executive producer Zack snyder director ben affleck <laughs> yeah. that would be like that's like my ultimate dream movie right there but i don't know if that'll happen but you still might see an Affleck soul, so don't ever lose hope in that. 100%. Or Justice League two, or
0: 100%. Zack Snyder's Justice League, that is. Brem, you creepy weirdo, you're eyeing me like you got something to say. What's going on over there? <laughs> well, I'm uh,
1: I'm scrolling my my Instagram feed here on my comic book movie guy page, <clears throat> and I run into some breaking news from DC, and uh, it says this: it says the Flash will mark. Ben Affleck's final appearance as Batman and this is a direct quote from Ben himself short and sweet and when I read it the first time I was infuriated because it says it's his final appearance when I read it the second time and the third time I was kind of proud of him so just listen to what Ben says he says I have never said this this is hot off the presses But maybe my favorite scenes in terms of Batman and the interpretation of Batman that I have done were in the Flash movie. I hope they maintain the integrity of what we did because I thought it was great and really interesting, different, but not in a way that is incongruent with the character. Put a really nice finish on my experience with this character and I want the world to know that. Deep? Pretty deep. And that's coming from a guy who's been through the ringer as this character from the moment he was cast to now his final sendoff. That could be a really like emotional moment for me personally, watching The Flash. Like I think I need to experience that in theaters and it's out of like the respect of Ben Affleck and what he's been through. I want to experience that in the best way possible And if he's saying it's some of his best scenes he's shot as Batman or how he's felt as Batman, then I'm all for that. He has now sold me on the fact that this is my final time seeing Batfleck. And that's sad, but it's also a really cool
0: thing to look forward to. You kind of timed it perfectly because I saw you were looking at your phone over there reading something right in the middle of our conversation and that's what, what it was. Kind of uh, puts a damper on your hope there that we talked about earlier, hey? (laughs) We just went nuts
1: for 15 minutes straight about this future, this euphoria that could occur. And uh, ultimately, this is the reality. And respect to Ben Affleck from the start to finish. I, I loved him as Batman. So now it actually gets the hype for The Flash a lot more for me. So... And that way I can sort of say goodbye to Ben Affleck and that's a chapter
0: I can close on my life and say, okay, I have these movies of Ben. Because everybody, keep in mind, Brem has lost considerable amount of sleep the last year and a half over this. So yes. it's great that you can rest now. Yeah. My insomnia
1: <laughs> ends with this announcement. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, sad but uh, true and looking forward to that movie
0: now. Yeah, it'll be interesting nonetheless. Definitely. I'm going to miss Billy Crude up as his dad, <laughs> but it's, yeah. uh, it's it's going to be good.
1: Yeah, definitely. Super excited for that one. Is there anything else you want to talk about? This has been a long, awesome uh,
0: guest spot, if you will. I've really enjoyed this. Well, I'm happy to have you, Bren. And, uh, you know, we had a good episode today. We always talk about interesting things. It's always great to have you on, especially you being my first guest in a while. You know, good to get back in the swing of things. Mm-hmm. And uh, I hope that you do more comic book movie guy episodes too, because it's always a joy to listen to you. Like when I'm sitting at my desk at work in the office, uh, it's something I can turn on and just almost have some therapeutic feelings too. you know, as I'm doing my work and stuff. It's, sure. it's, really, uh, it's really a pleasure and I hope you can do more. And anybody that's listening right now, uh, go, go in and check out comic book movie guy on Instagram, uh, you want to say your handle and stuff, bro?
1: Yeah, it's just Comic Book Movie Guy on uh, Instagram. Actually, sorry, it's Comic Book Movie Guy the podcast. So at Comic Book Movie Guy the podcast on Instagram. Uh, my Twitter is at Brennan Huber two, um, but I go under Comic Book Movie Guy on my Twitter as well now. So I just I deleted my old Twitter as Brennan Huber and now it's at Brennan Huber two, and that's Comic Book Movie Guy on Twitter and
0: instagram that's great brem and thank you very much for joining us today we'll thank you. definitely have you on again for sure and um wish you all the best thanks a lot zane yeah and all you glass breakers thanks for tuning in uh, for shatter the glass i'm your host zane tomich we will see you all again next time take care